This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, it's Friday, January the 14th. Hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. And we start with reaction from a Kent MP. As yet more revelations about gatherings at Downing Street during the pandemic emerged. Now, officials at Number 10 have apologised to Buckingham Palace after two parties were held on the eve of Prince Philip's funeral last year. The Prime Minister's spokesperson said it was deeply regrettable this took place at a time of national mourning. One of those events was a leaving do for the PM's former Director of Communications, who has also apologised. At the time it happened, socialising indoors was banned under COVID restrictions. And I'm sure you will remember those images of the Queen sat alone away from members of her family during the service. Well, it's not thought the Prime Minister was at that gathering that was mentioned. Tory MP Sir Roger Gale, who represents North Thanet, is among those calling for him to resign, though, something he's done by writing to the 1922 committee. I think the events that took place on that evening were wholly unacceptable and completely insensitive and should never have happened. But that said, I don't hold the Prime Minister personally responsible for those because patently the Prime Minister was not there. But it does reveal, I think, a culture within Downing Street um, that obviously stems from the top and should not be permitted. It is just another event in a chapter of incidents that should not have happened. Uh, But I do think that minds are now, over this weekend, being focused upon the need to take the necessary action. I clearly, Neil, don't know, and I shouldn't know, how many of my colleagues have put in letters. I'm not canvassing them. I'm, I'm not seeking support for what I have done myself. Um, But I believe that there is a momentum that is growing. The revelations of events at Downing Street this week and reaction to them will be discussed on Paul on Politics on KMTV tonight with our political editor, Paul Francis, asking the questions. Joining him on the sofa are councillors Paul Harper and Sean Holden. Elsewhere today, two men have been arrested on suspicion of attempted murder following a stabbing at a Kent railway station. A 45-year-old victim is fighting for his life in hospital after being attacked at Birchington in Thanet in the early hours of this morning. At Kent Online, you can see pictures of emergency vehicles near the entrance to the station, which has been taped off. We're being urged to look out for a potentially dangerous man who could be in Kent. 38-year-old Mohammed Shahid Ali was last in the Tilbury Town area of London, but has links to the county. He's wanted for recall to prison and police are warning people not to approach him. You can see his picture at Kent Online. Kent Online News. French officials are investigating the death of a person who was pulled from the water in the channel overnight. Lucy has the details for the Kent Online podcast. The boat they were in is thought to have got into difficulty off the French coast while trying to reach the UK. 25 people were found still on board and picked up by rescue teams, while five others were discovered on a sandbank. The one who was unconscious was taken to shore but later declared dead. More than 270 asylum seekers made the dangerous journey in freezing temperatures yesterday. The latest death comes just a couple of months after 27 people lost their lives when their boat capsized. The Home Office insists new laws will tackle the issue, but charities say the only way to solve it is to create safe and legal routes for refugees. We've also had reaction today from Bridget Chapman from Kent Refugee Action Network. There has been another 
needless death in the channel um somebody has drowned and we believe that it is somebody from sudan that has drowned and, and that's all i know at the moment every day we think about whether there are or not that the, the news is going to be bad about somebody losing their life making the crossing um it is there is a horrible inevitability about all of this it's been going on for three years now we've seen dozens of people lose their lives and the everything the government has done has served to make the situation worse they've shut down other routes so this is becoming the only viable route for people people are entitled to come to make asylum claims in this country whether people like it or not at talks being held in kent the uk's agreed to intensify negotiations with the eu to resolve post-brexit trade issues the focus has been about rules governing goods traveling between britain and northern ireland with the foreign secretary saying there's a deal to be done european commission vice president maros shevchovic called them good talks and says Liz Truss appeared to prefer a negotiated solution a woman from orpington is trying to challenge a court order, banning her from contacting Craig David. 31-year-old Tanya Geel stalked him for five years and claimed he was her boyfriend. She's now appealing against a restraining order. More than £4,000 has been donated to a fundraising page set up for the family of a Gravesend mum who died from cancer on Christmas Eve. 30-year-old Sarah McKeown was taken to hospital about three months ago after having trouble breathing. She was later diagnosed with leukaemia and, despite having chemotherapy, passed away just weeks later. We've got an update on a story from yesterday now and video has emerged of the moment a man stripped naked after crashing his car in Ashford, then pretending to be a police officer. He threatened me with that knife. Have a knife! 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 David Saunders yelled abuse at police while surrounded for several minutes after also threatening someone with a knife when it happened last November. In yesterday's podcast, we told you how the 37-year-old from Beaver Road in the town had been locked up for 18 months for what was described as highly dangerous behaviour. He pleaded guilty to dangerous driving, threatening another with a bladed article, impersonating a police officer and failing to give a specimen at an early opportunity. Well, it means he now has 25 convictions for 41 offences, many for violence or offensive weapons. You can see that video in full by heading to Kent Online. The Kent Online Podcast. With Ball in Maidstone. Pop-up vaccination clinics are being run in Kent this weekend to make sure we can all get our first, second or third COVID jabs. Doses will be available at Gillingham Football Club, McDonald's in Snodland, Lock Meadow in Maidstone and at the Ashford Designer Outlet. More than 82% of the eligible population in Kent have already had three vaccines. That's over a million people. Meantime, there are calls for vaccinators to go door to door in parts of Kent where take-up of the COVID booster jab is just 40%. 
councillor in Canterbury says a more direct approach is needed to increase the number of people who've had a third injection. Well, nine neighbourhoods in the county have low booster jab rates. A CCG spokesperson says going door to door is being considered. More changes to COVID restrictions come into force today. France is lifting its ban on UK holidaymakers. Travellers who are fully vaccinated can now enter the country if you have a negative COVID test within 24 hours of departure. Though Now, you may remember the border was closed before Christmas, leaving many disappointed, and it was all because of concerns about the Omicron variant. Chris Parker is from DFDS, which runs ferries between Dover and France. A lot of the calls that we were getting uh, when the restrictions came in were, were, were asking what people could do. Could they move their bookings to, to the new year so that they could still... Uh, perhaps reorganise those plans, and and absolutely they can. Uh, you know, and we will expect booking uh, calls from people who have existing bookings who want to move them now, so they can get out and see people. And we're also seeing you know bookings coming in for February half term uh, from people who are now saying, "Yeah, great, this is good. We can book with confidence." So that that's really reassuring, and and it's really good news. I think what we're hearing, the really good sign is that, you know, from across Europe is that, that there's a general direction of travel towards opening borders again. That people are now seeing that, that we are not quite at the end of, of, of this pandemic, but we're certainly approaching the end of it. That, that I think there's an expectation by the end of the year that the virus will become endemic. Um, and that's, you know, I think in, we're in a different place now than we were this time last year, if I could put it that way. So I think for, for, for booking with confidence, booking to travel away, I mean, I'm looking to travel, you know, uh, to Europe in February after with my family, you know, uh, whereas this time last year, I was looking at it and thinking, well, probably not going to happen, you know, but this year, I think we're in a different place. And just my final question, how important um, or, or how much of a, an industry is there for travel over to France from Kent? I mean, you know, how, how much of an interest do you see in people wanting to go just across the channel? Yeah, we've got a very you know healthy interest in people you know wanting to just pop across the channel, and we're very lucky in Kent that you know we have that opportunity to 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 go across and have a you know a day trip or or a short break, and and certainly one of the things that we're bringing in uh, you know as soon as possible now is a return of day trips so people can go across, and also our coach service that we want to run from Kent into. Uh, the duty-free shops that we've opened, for example, in Calais and Dunkirk. So, yeah, absolutely, it's it, it's a big part of our business, um, and and you know, local you know interest in travel is as high as it's ever been. I've also been speaking to John Keefe from GetLink Group, which owns Eurotunnel. We chatted last night after the announcement was made. Very very pleased, and I think uh, very pleased on behalf of all of our customers. Uh, there, there's such a pent up uh, desire to travel at the moment. I mean, all of the inquiries that we're getting are. Do you know when the border is going to open? Do you know when the French are going to relax the uh, the health measures? And so this is a really, really welcome piece of news. How is everything with you guys at the moment? Because it must have been an incredible, well, it must still be an incredibly difficult time and has been since the start of the pandemic. It's been very difficult. The travel industry has been hit very hard. Um, uh, I think the, the, the four biggest uh, lockdowns in, uh, if you combine the two sides, have hit summer 2020, summer 2021, and Christmas 2020, Christmas 2021. So 
our peak times have been uh, been very hard hit. And of course, they're not just our peak times. That's when people want to travel. They want to go on holiday for the summer. They want to get away for, for Christmas. Um, and so it's been a very difficult time for everybody concerned. We've also heard today that the amount of time if you do get COVID, you're going to have to isolate for as long as you've got those two negative tests. I mean, with that combined with France opening its border again, are you expecting a sudden increase in bookings? And we've got half term coming up in February, haven't we? We have. I mean, this is a great time for the, the restrictions to be lifted. Um, and we've already seen today the number of hits on our website has more than doubled um, it, almost instantly when those uh, announcements came out this morning. So it, it's really positive. Um, people are booking straight away for this weekend. Um, and then the bookings for half term are starting to flow in too. So you, you can really see that people have been holding back, being very respectful of the regulations, just waiting to know when it was safe to travel again. And of course, the great thing about travel through the, the tunnel using the shuttle is that you travel in your own car. You're completely isolated from everywhere. So it's a wonderful way to be travelling at the moment. And there's been a slight drop in the number of people in hospital with coronavirus in Kent. 434 were being treated on Tuesday, which is still more than twice as many as a month ago. Latest figures also show cases are dropping, but more than 25,000 people tested positive in the county in the week to last Saturday. Ten COVID deaths were recorded yesterday alone compared to 18 for the whole last week of December. Kent Online reports. Detailed plans have been revealed for 200 new flats in Ashford, which could form the second phase of the Elwick Place development. Bosses want to build two seven-storey blocks of apartments on empty land next to the Travelodge Hotel and the Picture House Cinema in the town centre. They'll also include a gym, cafe and co-working super lounge. You can see the designs on our website. A new milk bank has opened at Darren Valley Hospital near Dartford. It's the first of its kind in the county and will help newborn babies in intensive care as well as mums who are struggling to breastfeed. The milk is donated by other mums and screened to make sure it's safe. Now, Ella Henderson has been chatting to our sister radio station, KMFM. She told Numi on the hit list all about her new album, which she's released after seven years. It has got a few songs that are from like way back in the day that I wrote very, very early on, but I just reworked the productions on them. And then it goes right up until the point of literally being halfway through the initial time of lockdowns and mm. the global pandemic. So I think what it does do is bring everybody up to speed of what's been going on in my life. But um, it quite literally is just everything about the last seven years. And I think so much happens when you go through that transition from being like a teenager into a young adult. And this is the process of all of that, whether it's love, heartbreak, um, friendships or friendships falling apart or growing as a person or realizing things about myself yeah I think a lot of people really relate to to that very open songwriting though I think on the one hand I think everyone's like a little bit nosy and they and they love to to yeah peer people behind. love to know what's going on in people's lives yeah <laughs> it's like I've got the inside scoop on Ella Henderson because I listened yeah. to her album <laughs> but that's also why it took me a while you know because Ghosts and my first album kind of catapulted and took off and it was such an incredible experience and I had such an amazing time but after those three or four years of promoting and touring and stuff I came back and I hadn't lived any normal life experience so I had nothing to write about everything that I did at 16 to 18 was all off my own back and off my own experiences so I would say that one of the biggest reasons I took a step back as well from everything um for myself was was that I needed to live and and learn and grow and 
you know, make mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. If you missed their chat last night, you can listen again to it in full at kmfm.co.uk. And an exhibition all about the history of underwear is going to be taking place at Mainstone Museum this summer. The collections team has spent two years going through items and chose around 50 to go on display. It's called Pants and will open on the 23rd of July. Kent Online Sport. Football and Steve Lovell will be in charge of Gillingham as they take on Burton Albion this weekend. The former manager is in caretaker charge following the departure of Steve Evans after last weekend's 4-0 defeat to Ipswich Town. The Jills are rooted in the League One relegation places while tomorrow's opposition sit mid-table. We've been catching up with Steve ahead of tomorrow's game. So how does it feel to be back? Great. Uh, I've missed it. Um, and they've been excellent. You know, it's been uh, uh, a really good response Um to us coming in um, and they've been very, very lively it's, um, it's just hope they uh, take it on to Saturday um, but you know, the training has been very good and um, it's brought uh, a little bit of sort of happiness around the place uh, because it's not nice when you're in the position that you're in uh, being there before at clubs and as a player you just want to um, try and get points on the board and get, get up the league so um, hopefully we'll, um, we'll start doing that they're professional uh, players and people and they, they don't realise you know, when a manager goes it's, somebody else is going to come in so they've got to do it for themselves uh, for their own personal pride and that's what I was impressed with they've all done that so they're a really really good bunch of, good, good bunch of lads who want to learn and want to listen and want to win games um, so hopefully we can, um, we can start doing that. I still think that um, you know, there's still two or three players who are perhaps not 100% um, fit. And I mean not from injuries, but from playing. So I've got to be mindful of that. Um, and I don't want to put people out there who are only 75, 80% fit to get to last the, the game. So that, I'll be mindful of that. And that will be in, in my mind in my selection on Saturday. Um, I need um, 11 players out there who are going to run all day um, and uh, in a system that I want to play. And uh, we've got that. We've got that with, with some to spare. But there are one or two I've got to you know, be mindful of and um, just protect a little bit. I love, I love being here. I love the football club. I love being on the training ground with the players. Uh, but you know, it's, it's a results-based game and I, I understand that. Um, so uh, if it happens, it happens. But as I say, the main thing for me now is is Burton on Saturday and, and putting a team out there to put on a performance that uh, will um, hopefully get a result. Kickoff at Priestfield is at three. You'll be able to follow the action at kentonline.co.uk. And in cricket, Kent Zach Crawley has taken three catches for England on day one of their fifth and final Ashes Test. Australia closed in Hobart on 241 for six, but have already won the series. Kent Sam Billings is also playing for England after being called up to the squad for the last match. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site by heading to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe whilst you're on the site you can also find out where the secret drinker has been for his latest pub review hope you have a fantastic weekend we'll be back with a podcast on monday news you can trust this is the kent online podcast 
This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches.